I have accidentally converted all of my friends to relationship anarchy. <laughs> I, oh. I sent Rick the article you sent me last week. And I had only read like the beginning of it, like the definition. And after I sent it to him, like an hour later, he texted me back like a full synopsis with like all his thoughts on the full article. And I was like, oh, you read the whole thing, didn't you? Okay, I guess I have to go back and do that now. <laughs> and then um, independently, somehow Jackie and her partner discovered, I think they may have listened to the podcast episode maybe is what happened. But yeah, they have also both done research on it now. And they're like, yes, this is good. Well, good. We're out here just spreading the gospel, you know? We really are. We really are. You know, if Rick does have lots of feelings and he wants to make a guest appearance, he's welcome anytime. <laughs> I don't know. I could ask him. He does like listening I'm... to the podcast. It would be the first time I've ever spoken to him. He's writing his thesis right now, so he might be kind of busy. But I could ask. Maybe he'll want to. I don't know. I'm Jen. I'm Liz. And we're Harmless Harlots. What does that mean? To us, it means being open to having more than one relationship, however you define it, as long as everyone gives fully informed, enthusiastic consent. It's also an homage to our poly Bible, The Ethical Slut, which we recommend if you want to learn more. We are enthusiasts, not experts in this field. So if you want to learn and explore along with us, we give you our knowing, enthusiastic consent to come along. Leah and Chuck were arguing today for... Apparently they have this argument a lot, but they were arguing which is the least accessible art, art mm. form. And Leah was arguing that it was the culinary arts and Chuck was arguing that it was fashion. And when Leah came in and asked me um, a couple of days ago, we watched an episode on Netflix of the show called Blown Away, which is essentially a show that's like competitive glass blowing. Um, and so I was like, well, we just watched that glass blowing episode and like you need a giant furnace and like a ton of equipment. So that seems pretty inaccessible. But she was she was just getting upset because I don't know, like a it was a dumb question because like you have to define what does it mean to be art and what does it mean to be accessible. But she was like Chuck was saying that, oh, like culinary is accessible because you can just go buy ingredients. And Leah was upset at that because she grew up in a very food insecure household. And she was mm. like, I ate a peanut I ate a jar of peanut butter for like three days one time. So Chuck comes from upper middle class i would say yeah and she she came in she was like and even you do this sometimes because like we're probably like i don't know lower middle class and she was like i don't know she's just upset she's like she's like you guys just don't know what it means to be poor and i was like yeah like i'm i'm not gonna argue with you like we were never food and i mean like i don't know we went to the food pantry but like we never went hungry in the, in the prior episode we talked about how we shopped at the food pantry when i know I but like we so never like... we never like went hungry and like, no, I yeah, think, right, and right. also like, like our grandparents are financially stable. So like they could have yeah. helped us as well. So I mean, like, yeah. I'm not saying that we had it, we didn't have it rough, but I do think that Leah objectively yeah. had it rougher. Well, yeah, No, there's, so. there's, there's people who had it worse than us. There's people who had it better. We are somewhere in the spectrum. <laughs> oh, I just, 
I don't know. I just don't understand why we can't have large scale socialism. I just don't. Do you remember when dad asked us one time when we were like advocating for socialism? He was like, well, would you guys pay higher taxes just so other people could have food? And we're, we're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, yeah. that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, no. I was home and he was like, you have these ideals, Elizabeth, but if you had to give up half your salary to have this utopia happen, would you? And I was like, yes. Absolutely. I would, what? Like, I have too much money. I would 100%. If giving up half my salary meant nobody would starve to death, yeah, no, in a heartbeat. Would you not, Dad? Would you not do that? Because if not, I'm concerned. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, whether or not it was realistic or not, Dad has much more of a scarcity mindset. I he think does. just regardless of how much he has, which he did grow up, like he grew up on a farm, not terribly wealthy. I don't know. I don't understand our family's financial situation at all, but he always confusing. seems to think like, we don't oh, have we were money. Dirt poor and other days I'm like, wow, we were like fine. We were really okay. Like middle class. And I don't, I really don't know. <laughs> it depends on the lens through which you view it and whose lives you compare it to. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, that's just my daily you know, descent into darkness of job hunting and capitalism. Fun, 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 fun. Have you done anything more with, uh, I don't even remember when we last called, it could have been yesterday, but have you done anything more with location hunting or have you been busy? I've been talking to people about things and I do want to like get out and explore somewhere and go somewhere new, but I also like where I am right now. And I think part of why I'm so antsy to move somewhere else is because I'm like, if I don't move now, I never will. And like, maybe, <laughs> but also like there might be a time in my life that where it makes more sense to move. I don't know. Also, like a lot of people have given me the advice of like, if your company is paying you to move to another city, do that no matter what the city is. And then worst case, if you hate it, at least you got a free move and you can just go somewhere else. So I'm I'm leaning toward if I move somewhere, just going where my company wants me to go for ease. In my uh, inspirational Facebook quote that I that I like is you will regret the things you don't do more than the things you do, which doesn't always apply because like, well, both ways are kind of action. But I don't know, for considering whether you know, I guess staying the same or taking the risk, that quote kind of has a bias towards action, which I think I just like because I have a very strong bias towards inaction. It's like, let me yeah. research more, collect more data and never yeah. do anything. I know. Well, so, it's kind um, of what I feel like, you know, sometimes adversity is a good thing because it forces you to change things up. Maybe yeah. one of these days I'll lose my job or something and it'll force me to go to a new city or something. I don't know. I don't know. There's also like having too many choices is a bad thing the paradox of choice this is one of my favorite logical things to talk about so the paradox of choice is when you have too many choices in front of you you choose to choose nothing because the choice is just too overwhelming so this is the thing with dating apps a lot of the time is like when you get on mm -hmm. dating apps and there's so many people you just like swipe and swipe and swipe and you never end up meeting anybody because you're like there's too much out there like i can't there are yeah. certain dating apps where I think Bumble might be one of these, but you only get like a certain number of matches per day mm. um, to keep you kind of from doing that paradox of choice thing to an extent. Um, also to keep mm -hmm. men who just swipe right on everyone from 
doing that mm-hmm. because there are men who will just swipe right on literally everybody. I Which, can you know, do it. Yeah, I mean, it's not the worst. Like, you really can't gauge much about a person from an online profile. So, like, if you really want to just indiscriminately be like, I'll meet anybody, then, like, I don't know. It's fine. I also, I also thought about that one time I was on Tinder. I was like, I mean, what if I did just swipe right on everybody? And I think I did it on one person and I matched. And I was like, no, <laughs> I got anxious. So I did. Do I didn't want that. <laughs> yeah. That's why I like Bumble, because when I match with people and decide I don't like them, I just don't message them. Except women, when I match with women, can message me. But if I match with a man and I'm like, meh, I just don't message them and they go away. And it's great. Well, I don't know. I was just thinking like. It's very much like a first world problem. Like I have oh, yeah. too many choices, oh, but yeah. at the same no, time, I th- I think that's just like more evidence for like being like okay, like being rich is also like suboptimal, which is not to say that it's worse than being poor. But I think everybody would be much happier if we were all just comfortably middle class no i'm very happy with the amount of money i have right now and i am not in a rush to go anywhere like i i worked really hard to get where i got and i've gotten here very fast and i'm glad i worked hard to get here but now i'm like i i just want to sit like my boss i think i told you this but my boss a few weeks ago was like talking about wanting to promote me really quickly and get me into leadership and i was like I would like to just stay here for a while. Like I am happy. I have enough money that I'm content. I really don't need anything else. Like I'm good where I am. I would like to just kind of stay stagnant for a bit because we're good and I don't want to mess with it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what happened to dad too, at least in his narrative that he like, he was good at his job. So he kept getting promoted, but he didn't want to be promoted because like the corruption of corporate life. I don't really remember, but yeah. And they, I think there was a study they did on like money and happiness too. And like, Mm -hmm. you can always make more money and who you're comparing Mm -hmm. yourself to, you know, changes all the time. But I think they said something along the lines of like right now with inflation, if you make roughly $90,000 a year, you're, you're good. Like that's like the peak happiness. You have enough that you don't want for anything, but it's not so much you're like stressed about investments and things. So like 90,000 a year is like the optimal, like you're good. But then if you make less than that, you might be struggling a little bit. But if you make more than that, it's just like stressful because like investments and stuff, like my financial advisor keeps trying to get me to buy a house. And I'm like, I don't want a house. Like that's so (laughs) much work. Like at least while it's me and I'm single and I don't have anybody to help me, I do not want to own a house. Like that sounds like so much effort that I don't want to put in. Yeah. I mean, I think we also might be biased by our father because he is very much biased towards housing, towards renting, because he claims he he always lost money money. with... (laughs) Which he did, but I was telling that to Leah, and she was like, I mean, yeah, but you also lose money when you rent because, like, you don't get that back. So, like... Yeah, but, I mean, you do... I mean, you spend money when you rent, obviously, but when you own a house, you still pay property taxes and higher utilities and a lot of replacement costs when things break. Like, you do also lose money owning a house, and it's only sometimes that you, you know, get the money back that you paid for it. Yeah, I don't know. I know very little about finances and I don't care to know more, which is a fatal flaw in myself, but <laughs> I don't I rely care. on Billy for that. Our brother Billy knows all the financial things and whenever I have questions, I I'm like, Billy, do. what do I yeah. invest in? And Billy's <laughs> like, ah, do the NASDAQ 
500, whatever. And I'm like, okay, Billy, I will. Thanks. He made me a lot of money, actually. When, when I started investing in Vanguard, I asked him what to invest in. And in the first couple months, part of it was because of COVID, um, but I invested like $10,000 and made 4000 in like a few months. And I was like, wow, Billy, good choices. Yeah, no, I, I fully expect to just use Billy as my financial advisor oh, yeah. for my entire 100%. life. 100%. It is, it is so nice like, Billy, to, tell me what to do and I'll do it. <laughs> I don't care. It's so nice to have someone close to me who cares about the things I do not care about, but I should. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, that's all the sad mopey capitalism stuff. I'll get over it eventually. Anyway, sex workers. I don't know. This is a very uneducated opinion, but and obviously there's like a lot, I don't know. I talked to, the, when I was looking into being a relationship coach, I called this one person and I was talking to her about like her experience and she was like, oh yeah, I also work as a sex worker. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I don't know. I know, I know I'm very recent to the kind of, you know, two person plus sex scene, but I feel like I would be pretty good at it. I don't know. I'm, I'm good at listening. I'm good at taking instruction. I, I don't know. I feel like I could be good at it. <laughs> Have you ever watched Firefly? No. So Firefly is a very short TV show that was on only for one season, in part because I think it was aired on ABC and they fucked up the way they aired it ABC? and they like aired the episodes out of order and it was super confusing. So like it ended up going off air, um, but it's actually a really, really good show. And actually when they canceled it, people who had like actually followed it in order were really upset because they were like, this was a really good show and you guys fucked it up. So they crowdsourced <laughs> money to make a movie to conclude the series, even though it was only one season. So there's also a Firefly movie. But anyway, point of this is in the show Firefly, it's like a futuristic setting type of dealio. And one of the characters is a sex worker, but they call her a companion. And the job of companions is very highly regarded in this future society because they basically function. Sex is part of what they do, but they also do a lot of, you know, companionship stuff, right? Like mm -hmm. they provide emotional support and like guidance and they're kind of therapists also see i'd be great at that <laughs> so it's, it's like one of the most highly coveted jobs they're like companions are like the and like amazing people and it's like standard to have like a companion within you know companies will have departments of companions like it's, it's just a job and i'm like yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> well, doing emotional and sexual work honestly just sounds like being professional woman. <laughs> like, yeah, just it's, it just sounds like a society where they actually value women's skills. <laughs> all of the emotional labor that women do for men that we shouldn't have to. But no, that's the thing. And I know, again, I'm, 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 I know I'm inexperienced, but you, who is much more experienced, but really, like, I don't know. It's like sex, like good consensual sex i feel like is just literally like communication yep. what do you like yep. you know i like this i like that and like yep. hey i'm also a big people pleaser so i just feel like <laughs> i don't know i just feel like i could be good at it do i know a safe way to do it no yeah that's there, the hard I, thing. I, I could research countries where it's like best best countries in the world to be a sex worker to be a sex worker in, there. yeah <laughs> there's also cuddle therapy i don't know if you've heard of this but in certain more liberal cities they have cuddle therapists where 
it's it's more formalized where like they all have their own practices and like there are a lot of safety precautions set up but like yeah they have like a book of like cuddle positions and you can like request in advance <laughs> like i want to snuggle in this position and they'll like play with your hair and just talk to you and stuff and i'm like yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'd be good at that i would be great at that i would be great at that job i would love that job <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, I wonder, okay, this will kind of tie into the next thing I want to talk about. But I wonder if like being asexual would be like, a help or a hindrance in that section. Because I know like, hmm. like, there's different levels of like, you know, you can be like sex neutral, sex repulsed, or just like, you know, sex mostly disinterested. But like, I wonder if that would help. And I guess I don't know how often it's like a client would be like, Oh, I want to do something to you like that turns me right. on. But like being able to keep kind of a cool and level head, you not not really caring if like anything is reciprocated, that could be useful. Yeah, I, I don't it. know. Are you distracted by something else, Liz? I'm coding. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm doing it's, it's mindless. I'm paying attention to what you're saying. I'm just copy pasting as we do this. Okay, sure. I don't know if that puts you at your most engaged, but sure. <laughs> I'm engaged. I'm just copy pasting code. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited because I think I'm going to be able to build an R package out of the project that I'm working on right now. And it's going to be super cool and a really good resume booster. Yay. I love my job. <laughs> I wish I had the job that I love. <laughs> it is. It really is a ginormous privilege to love where I work and what I do because a lot of people fucking hate their jobs. Well, yeah. I, that's what I was also saying to Leah. I was like, it should be like another social service that like after you graduate college, there's just like a government program that like is career advising and like helps place you into like a job that you would actually like. Like that should mm -hmm. just be, that should be a right. And that should be a government provided thing. And Leah said there were countries that do that. So Whatever, whatever countries. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That was a claim she made. Well, I did not research it. On the flip side, there are also countries that make you choose your career when you're like 12 and don't let you change your mind. I so. mean, yes, that is not what I'm advocating for here, <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying we don't have it the worst. Yeah. I, I When we were talking about that, I was like... I was like, why are we in such a shitty country? And she was like, I mean, there's a, there, it could be a lot worse. And it I was like, I know, yeah. I know, but I feel like we're, it could also be better. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like we're the rich white guy of countries and like we had so much potential and like we could do so much and we just didn't just wasted potential, <laughs> which is just why the tragedy of it. Do all rich white guys have a lot of potential that they're wasting? No, like like privilege. Like oh, we had yes. so much power and yes. potential. Like with privilege comes potential to do things. Sure. But we did not do the things. We did not. We did not. Yeah. But anyway, that kind of ties into what I'm listening to the audiobook of. It's called Come As You Are. And it was recommended on some poly books list website or whatnot. And it's about like having better sex and the part that i thought was most interesting was when she talked about how it's not like people will say like sex drive but it's not really a sex drive it is two systems one sexual like acceleration like yeah like an acceleration system and then one like a sexual break system and so I Googled it, and I also know that I said last week I would be better about including links, and I do not think I did. <laughs> but, but this one website had a good summary of it, 
when we drive a car, we move forward by using the accelerator accelerator pedal and slow down using the brake pedal. Human sexual desire is governed by our own personal accelerator pedals and brake pedals. You may have a sensitive accelerator pedal where it's easy for internal or external conditions to increase your desire. You may have low sensitivity accelerator pedals where things in your environment don't have much effect. You might have sensitive brake pedals where desire goes down quickly due to internal or external signals telling you it's not the right time. You may have low sensitivity brake pedals where signals in the environment or inside you don't register and you don't have a lot of inhibition. Now imagine the car doesn't have just one accelerator or one brake. It has one assigned for each internal and external stimuli. Here's another detail. The accelerators and gas pedals may be pressed at the same time in many combinations. Complicated, isn't it? It really is. I was just going to say people are so fucking complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I don't know. That just made a lot of sense to me because basically they're saying like, Essentially, there's like sensitivity to turn ons and sensitivity to turn offs. And so like if you're very sensitive to turn offs, then like pretty much anything can shut you down. Whereas if you're like not very sensitive to like turn offs, then like nothing is like really a turn off to you. And then like, you know, if you have a very sensitive accelerator, then like almost anything can turn you on. Or if you have a very unsensitive accelerator, then like nothing will turn you on. So it's like if you have quote unquote a low sex drive, it could either be like nothing turns you on or a lot of things turn you off. Right. And so like I haven't finished the book, but it's just like, I don't know, that just made a lot of sense to me. And the reason it reminded me of why I segued to this is because like she mentioned like, oh, I forget which combination, but like if you like the combination of having like low sensitivity accelerator and like high sensitivity brake, like that combination with a lot of people who identify on the asexual spectrum. So I don't know. It was just interesting to me. That is interesting. People are, people are interesting creatures. Wow. Stimulating, stimulating conversation. Elizabeth. I don't, what, do you, what do you want me to say? I have a high sex drive. You know where I fall. In the, I mean, there's not much for me to add. Like what? Oh yes. I have a high it's easy to turn me on and not a lot of things turn me off. There you go. I'm not like, this is a thing, you know, it's not new information. <laughs> well, that's what Leah said, but I don't know. Like, I don't know if that just makes so much more sense to me. Like it's not a sex drive. Like there's a difference between like, you know, if someone who has a low sex drive, you know, maybe I just don't get turned on by a lot of things or maybe a lot of things just turn me off. And so like the, the point of it was like, you know, identifying which it is and then identifying like, oh, okay, if I have a lot of things that turn me off, how do I remove those things? Or like, if there's very few things that turn me on, then how do I like maximize those things? I don't know. I thought it was interesting and useful and helpful and nobody else seems excited about my new fun idea. And I just wanted some support in my fun new idea. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to invalidate the new idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's 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 a very interesting. <laughs> Do you want me to feign? Oh my gosh! This reminds me. I was I think I was reading a study or something. Or no, my friend sent me a study of some sort where there were these researchers. No, did I talk to you about oh no, I can't remember. Maybe just, it was you. I don't know. There was something going. where they had done a study and they had like <laughs> discovered social norms. They were like, We look at social norms. This and was, I was us, like, I think. wow, <laughs> groundbreaking. That's amazing. We all 
the rest of us knew this was happening. Yeah, no, I, I think you are just referencing a study I told you about. Yeah, I think it was you, you in retrospect, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> My memory Never mind. is shit. One of, one of the first episodes I think we listened to of Multiamory when we were on our trip was they were talk- talking to Tristan Terramino, who I think she like coined the term solo polyamory, I think. And she was like, it's funny, I'll go to like conferences and some, you know, young 20-something polyamorist <laughs> will stand up and be like, well, yeah. I'm a solo polyamorist and this is what it means. And she's like, baby, I, I invented the term. <laughs> I'm aware. I, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I also, as a woman in math, I have a lot of <laughs> men who try to explain math to me and I'm just like... <laughs> sweetheart <laughs> i graduated top of my class with a top 20 university in math and have published several research papers don't give me advice <laughs> on my algorithm <laughs> uh, yeah yeah yep. i saw a tiktok that was like or did maybe you sent this to me but I'm it was like TikTok a lot <laughs> i've noticed <laughs> which i am too so i'm not one to say but um well, I like TikTok because it's the one messaging platform where, like, I don't do any non-just fun messaging. Like, even, yeah. like, Facebook, Instagram, like, it'll all be like, oh, what time are you coming over for dinner, blah, blah, blah. But, like, on TikTok, it's just TikTok content. And so it's yeah. just a nice escape. But anyway, I saw this TikTok that was, like, and maybe you sent it to me, but the person was, like, as a nine-berry as a non-berry, as a non-berry person, as a non-binary person, (laughs) as a a strawberry blueberry, (laughs) as a jamocha shake. um, (laughs) Anyway, as a non-binary person, I struggle identifying as, you know, whether I should use the word lesbian. And, And then she was like, but someone told me that like a way or like the way they define lesbian is non-men liking non-men yeah that's that's a really good way to put it that's how i should have so monday was lesbian day of visibility and as part of my job in our in our pride organization i sent out an educational email as i did for trans day of visibility and uh when i was researching like what is a lesbian it was like yeah it's inclusive of non-binary people so i had this really wordy like it's women who are attracted to women or women who are attracted to non-binary people or non-binary attracted to women or non-binary attracted to non-binary. And I could have just said non-men attracted to non-men and that would have been the same thing logically with a lot less words. Ah, man. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah, I I am. I don't know. I, Chuck was the first person who pointed this out to me because he was, we, we, Lee and I went over to his apartment one weekend and he was like, let's look at Jen's for you page on, on TikTok. And I was oh like, sure, I guess. And this, this pissed me off because I literally don't think this has ever happened, but the first TikTok was a furry TikTok. And so oh, he no. gave me so much shit for that. So oh, I'm never no. going to live that down. But then, Oh, I don't know. It was like, you know, it was mostly queer nerd stuff. But then there was just like a BDSM TikTok. And Chuck was like, okay, Jen. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess this probably isn't on everyone's feed. I don't know. I just get in this mindset. When you get on queer TikTok, it's so easy to get in the mindset of like everybody in the world is just queer and kinky and polyamorous, right? And then you leave TikTok and you're like, oh, I forgot the world isn't this way. But... Yeah, <laughs> I've seen a lot of TikToks like that with people having similar problems of getting into that echo chamber and like forgetting homophobia exists and like, yeah, 
it's a it's a time there was who was the oh who was the comedian oh i can't remember there was a comedian and he was a black man and he was talking about how he was checking out at a grocery store one time with his white girlfriend and they were buying a fuck ton of mac and cheese and this lady in front of them was like giving them really judgy looks and he was like why are you judging my mac and cheese like i just like mac and cheese <laughs> blah blah and when they left he was like wow why did that lady not like our mac and cheese and the girlfriend was like honey she didn't like that we were an interracial couple and she was like oh <laughs> racism i forgot about racism for a minute there <laughs> Well, that was all that happened to me when I was watching The Greatest Showman before I had seen it. You know, I knew like one of the plot lines was like Zac Efron and Zendaya like wanted to be together but couldn't. And I thought I thought it was a class thing just from seeing the previews. Uh I was like, oh, it's because she's a circus person. He's like an upper class person. And then the movie happened. I was like, oh, it's racism. (laughs) 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 it didn't even cross my mind i was like oh yeah no i can see that like or like not even class but just like she's in the circus i'm like oh because she's like a fortune teller or whatnot which she wasn't i don't know why i thought she was but then like in the movie like they made it obvious that it was race and i was like yeah didn't see that coming (laughs) Uh, uh yeah Sometimes, and then your your beautiful little utopia is shattered, and you're like, "Oh, other people have opinions that are wrong." Cool, 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 cool. cool. Love that, love that. I mean, it's just like my entire stream is like non-binary, queer, poly, and like trans folk, and like I just it like you guys are like you guys aren't on this page like we're not yeah. all on this same page like this is just normal like <laughs> what <laughs> well, one, of the, one of the first tiktoks you ever made was something like a friend finding your social media or something and be like oh you're queer and you being like you're not what <laughs> <laughs> that is true <laughs> you aren't <laughs> Wait <a minute. laughs> yeah well also i think you were the one who sent it to me but i think i also sent you one back where it's like gifted burnout people pleasing turned bdsm brat like bottom brat and i'm like huh yeah that 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 hits close to home (laughs) (laughs) it's me she's not too far off (laughs) your friendly neighborhood me I don't know. I'm having thoughts. I don't know how much of this is just related to me being a bottom, but I feel like I may be like demi-romantic, but like kind of the opposite of demisexual. And I don't know what that term is, but like, I feel like because I am so into like power dynamics that like, I kind of want to be with someone who just like like obviously like there's a thing where it's like i want it to be like actually safe where it's like someone who i trust and who like actually respects me as a human being and won't murder me but like kind of someone who like also just kind of objectifies me and i think that i mean i don't know i'm i'm not speaking from any like actual like knowledge or experience but i mean i think that is kind of like what dom sub relationships can kind of be like yeah so i don't know 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just a bottom, but I could also, you know, like... I don't know. I, like, in all of my relationships, I think I'm the dominant personality in, like, day-to-day life. But then in the bedroom, I'm like, it's your turn. I've done all the work out here. You get to do all the work in here. I'm <laughs> I'm tired. You take over. <laughs> okay, I think it's, like, only attracted to people with no romantic connection and at the same time it's like i don't know when you are romantically involved and it's like i have to care about you as like a person and like like i don't know that's a lot of like i don't know if i know you then like i don't know i feel like i'm gonna be too up in my head about that where if it's like it's just a straight i don't know i don't know liz and i cannot find the term for the life of me that i swear this is a term but anyway so yes that is no i, I know there's a term for it i think i know what you're talking yeah. about when you yeah you, you only want to have sex with people who you don't also have romantic connections with i was briefly actually a while ago talking to i started talking to another guy on hinge Mostly because he was from Argentina and he liked my profile. And I was like, hey, I've been to Argentina. So I started the conversation in Spanish because I thought it was fun. And we eventually switched to English. But I don't know. He was nice. I think he was also... (laughs) I somehow always manage to bring... Here's the route I do this. I usually we somehow get to avatar and then we talk about which kind of vendor we would be. And then kind of after that, I'm like... Uh, you speak it at types do you know Myers Briggs and so I just somehow (laughs) always bring that up and I think he was INTP which is what Billy is but at least INTP let me think about that I yeah and yeah I yeah T yeah okay and then P yeah, he is a procrastinator. Yeah, he is. Yeah, okay. He is right, so right. P. Right. I never thought about what Billy was, but yeah, that would make sense that he's INTP. Yeah, no, he is definitely INTP. But he was like, so yeah, he was nice, but like, I don't think we would have been a great romantic match. But like, he looked really cute, and he was like tall, dark, and handsome. And I was like, yeah, I'd tap that. But <laughs> I think the last time I texted <laughs> <I'm close>. him, <laughs> I think the last night I actually texted him was the night that Leah and I first kissed because Ah. i don't know there was just the thing i mean like i don't know that those were technically related but like it was just getting to a point where it's like yeah we have fun stuff to talk about but also like it's still covid i'm not vaccinated like i'm possibly leaving this city in a couple months like there's just no point i don't know why i kept doing it but anyway but yeah so i was like i don't know that's kind of the perfect setup where it's like you're a person who like i've sussed you out and you seem chill which like obviously i could be wrong but like i like to think of myself as a fairly good judge of character (laughs) (laughs) but like you're attractive i think you respect me as a human being we can bang it out did you see the Someone messaged me on Instagram when I posted the quote that all friends should be friends with benefits. So so they were like, their response was essentially, it depends because I also think that like platonic relationships should be, you know, like highly valued as well. And sure. I was like, yes, I agree. Like platonic relationships should have equal footing for sexual and romantic relationships. But we were just advocating that like, if you like, it should just be normal that if you want to bang your platonic friend mm-hmm. and they want to bang you, then you should. And it you shouldn't be weird it, yeah. and you shouldn't be pressured to like be in a quote unquote relationship or get romantic. Like it should just be a casual thing, like a right. hug, like a very, <laughs> like, like, a a, hug. like a very nice <laughs> hug. <laughs> like a hug. <laughs> <laughs> and they liked that uh. message. So I, when I posted that, I posted that quote and then I posted like a question below that was like, what do you think? Because I was like, that was a very simplistic statement because it's like, 
obviously if you're asexual or like you don't want to bang your friends that's totally fine but right. it should just be it should just be another valid option i agree it should, i mean yeah you don't have to but like if you both want to it should be fine like like i don't know like i i have sex with a lot of my platonic friends and i feel like when people have found out i was having sex with someone they're like oh so you're like a thing and i'm like no like they're the same as my other platonic friends we just also have sex oh it doesn't have to be a whole other thing like it's just fine yeah wait no this actually somehow tied back into the thing that i forgot that i also wanted to talk about ha. but um <laughs> but chuck and this feels like forever ago because i didn't even remember it until i looked at the script i typed up but chuck texted me because leah had like told him about us and then like we went and stayed at his apartment and he it was very clear from our interactions what was going anyway but so he texted me like after that and was like he essentially asked me if like leah and i had defined the relationship oh i vaguely remember this yeah yeah which like can be abbreviated to like dtr and so did did we i mean did we, Wait, we didn't DTR, really talk about, what's what's the r define the relationship oh define the relationship Gotcha. We didn't talk about this last week, did we? No. He was just like, yeah, like, what are you guys? And I was like, I mean, I mean, I gave him the thing where I was like, I mean, I don't really super believe in labels. And like, I was like, basically like, I'm a relationship anarchist. And he was like, yeah, no, 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 that's totally true. And I totally get that. I was just like, wondering what you guys are. And I was like, (laughs) I, I understand your... Uh, a mononormative bias because we live in this society you but i was like <laughs> but I, I don't know i was essentially like i mean like our relationship is pretty much the same we just now are physically intimate and it was i don't know it, it, i mean there, there's this there's this balance between you know defining the relationship by societal standards but also like you should talk about like what page you guys are on and what you want. And so I did go to Leah and I was like, I don't know. I was like, I enjoy what we are doing and I still care for you. And, you know, like I'm probably not going to stop caring about you until unless like something significant happens. But like, I don't know she has another year of school left and I have no clue where I'm going. And so I was like, so like, I don't know if like, I can't make you long-term very stable plans, but like, I wanted to be upfront about that. And so like, I told her that and she was like, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. She didn't super respond, which is very Leah of her, but she was (laughs) like, okay. So yeah, I don't know. Like there's a difference between like, you shouldn't feel that you have to define the relationship by like other people's standards, but you should still be on the same page in your own definitions. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Communication is good. We like talking things out, having good expectations. It's always a good thing. Oh, (laughs) for my final paper for my relationships class, one of the prompts was analyze a piece of media. And so I ended up writing a (laughs) <laughs> I ended up writing about the song Giddy On Up, Giddy On Out that we talked about <laughs> in like episode Good. two. Yes. And <laughs> the so the prompt was like, analyze this piece of media using the readings from the class, three to five pages. And I was like, cool. So I started writing and I ended up with seven pages. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. <laughs> so I did have to cut some, That's but I was like... Say. Yeah, but I, I, I could I could have kept going. And also I did manage to bring in polyamory because we did a reading on polyamory, so I was allowed to. It was free game. <laughs> <Counts>. <laughs> when I when I broke down the song, the like kind of the two claims she was making was she was like, Okay, so the two central claims that Laura seems to be making with this song are 
that A, the cheating is unforgivable and the sole cause for the breakdown of the relationship, and B, cheating implies that her partner does not and never did love her. However, I will argue that the cause of the malfunctioning of the relationship does not inherently lay with the cheater, and that cheating does not necessarily mean that a partner did slash does not love their significant other. So essentially I was arguing that she was like, she was like, Oh, you cheated on me. Therefore a, the relationship is over and B like, this is all your fault. And so I was basically like, I don't know. It seems simplistic because they cheated like no matter what, like there doesn't seem to be a lot of communication going on here. And B I I, like, I don't know. I tried to point out some things. I was like, given some of the things she says in this song, it, it shows that she might not have been a great partner either in some cases and then also like the thing where she said like because one of the lines is like never loved me no 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 and it's like i don't know lee and i also kind of discussed this because it's like so she could be saying that like you know kind of coming from monogamous bias of like oh if you were with someone else and you obviously never loved me and don't currently love me because you can only love one person at a time kind of a soulmate bias or she could simply be saying like you didn't love me because like if you loved me then you wouldn't have betrayed my trust and so like those are two interpretations because leo was very much like i don't know she was kind of on the line of like you like you would not cheat on someone you love because like that's very hurtful and can cause like she she mentioned like you know, especially for women, if a guy cheats, then like people will be like, oh, she couldn't hold down her man. So that might just be a cultural difference or just something that I'm oblivious to because I don't gossip and am kind of like not calling her a gossip, but like she enjoys finding out what the gossip is and nobody ever tells me what it is because I don't care and I'm very oblivious to it. So yeah, she was like, you would like, you wouldn't do that to someone you love. And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't want to condone cheat. Like, this is always very hard like bringing up cheating in polyamory because a cheating can happen in polyamory because it just means breaking whatever contract you have but like one of the points i made i was like i'm not condoning cheating but you know just trying to give a little bit more context like you know for someone who does have non-monogamous tendencies and like no support structures or ways to like consensually deal with that and like fear of being stigmatized and like this may you know be something they did but and like it's kind of shitty but also like it's not necessarily from a place of malice and like it's just kind of the best they could do. Well, and I feel like in a lot of instances of cheating, they result more from like miscommunications and the expectations of the relationship because so like one of the big tropes of the TV show Friends was that <laughs> two of the main characters when they were on a break, one of them Ross had sex with another woman and Rachel's always like you cheated on me and his the the Ked tagline that he says throughout the whole series is we were on a break and like <laughs> i think that's how a lot of cheating situations happen where it's like there's not a clearly communicated part of like are we monogamous right now or not and maybe one partner thinks they are and the other partner thinks they aren't and then you know the partner who doesn't think they're monogamous is with someone else and the partner who did think they were monogamous is like oh you cheated and the one who cheated is like we didn't have that conversation you know like <laughs> If we had clearer communication about what we want and our boundaries and our expectations, we could avoid a lot of these situations. Yeah. And that was another point where I was like, even if this partner, you know, like was very conscious of their non-monogamous tendencies, it's just not normalized A, to be polyamorous or B, to just even kind of like bring that up as an option to be like, hey, 
how do you feel about opening up the relationship? Like, it's obviously better than like it has been in the past, but like it's still just like non normalized. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I got to do a thorough examination of the song and I'm very happy <laughs> for a class. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yesterday was my last day of class. Oh, wow. So you're graduating soon. Graduating. <laughs> you look very excited. The paradox of choice. Yeah, the burden of free will. I know. I'm First really glad world problems. I got my job offer so early and was just like, I'll just settle for this because then I didn't have to worry about it. And it turned out really well. I really like what I do and I'm very, very lucky. Because I literally, it was just the first job offer I got. And I was like, I'd like to not have to worry about a job all of my senior year. That'd be great. Yeah, would have been, been great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, subscribe and leave us a review on your podcast app. If you really like us, like, like, like us, send this episode to a friend, family member, partner, your boss, anyone else in your social circle, the people you want to convert to polyamory, start a conversation. <laughs> Feel free to send us any comments or questions over social media. So thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.